Welcome back, guys. This is my second official podcast. Um, so if you want to know all about um, finance, home and land, you are in the right place. So I have just recently launched this podcast. The first one was just obviously how I got to this position and why I chose home buyers as a company to work with. Um, so yeah, super casual. Um, if you guys are obviously following my social media, you will probably see that, that I am all about education and entertainment. <laughs> so I just want to get as much information out there um, as possible. So you guys can make the right informed decision, whether it's to move with me or go established or anything like that. So if you have any questions about anything, please let me know and I will do my research and probably cover it later on down the track. If you want to know what I will be talking about in the future, go listen to podcast one. Um, yeah, just go listen to it. Because <laughs> I, I don't really want to say everything again and um, how I got to, how I ended up here. But here we go. So what I will be talking about at the moment is site work. So it's definitely something that I cover in my first appointments. Um, just because it is, it is kind of like that magical thing. And it's sort of like, okay, why is that? Why is the land agent not taking care of site works? Why does the builder have to do it? Why is that an extra cost to my house? Um, yeah, a lot of questions about that. Um, definitely, if your site works start pushing up around the twenty grand, a lot of first home buyers will be like, well, that's a lot of money to spend on site works, not necessarily something that's in my home. So what I will be covering today is what the hell are they? I don't know if I can swear on this. I know it's my own podcast, but I will probably swear, but I will probably try and make it last for as long as I can just being clean. So we'll see how we go with that because I do have a little bit of a potty mouth, so I might just get carried away later. So we'll just see how it goes. Um, yes. What are SiteWorks? Things to look out for with SiteWorks. Um, sort of rough costs you can expect with SiteWorks. What it includes, like what are you paying for, really? Let's be honest. That's the big question. Um, why, like if you build in certain areas, why is it price differ? Um, also, obviously, coming in closer to the city, um, people think that's a really good idea, but as a first home buyer, there's a lot of extra costs that you don't really know about. And that's why a lot of first home buyers go to new estates. Um, and also the benefits of going with an estate over going um, closer to the city. Lots of things people don't realize until they're sort of in the market, going through it in the trenches. And then that just gets really overwhelming for a lot of people. So uh, yeah, hopefully I can clear up a lot of things before you even get into the trenches. So you know what you're doing and know what you're navigating and you're getting out there, locking in your house and land. And it's a beautiful, clean process instead of getting stuck in the trenches and just saying, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to give up and go with established because I don't know about you guys, but I am a little bit biased and I love building. <laughs> so two times building, definitely going to do it a third time. I just love the creation of it and choosing my own colors, but also I'm a bit weird and I don't like the fact that someone else has lived in my house. <laughs> so um, that's why I like building a new house. So let's start at the start. 
Well, guys, I hope you're having an awesome day today as well. I just want to put that in there and thank you for listening. I'm very grateful. Um, if you aren't following any of my social media, please get on to TikTok. Um, I'm trying to grow that one and I think I'm bloody hilarious on there. So I think my TikTok is just Jana Davis. Um, hold up, I will find out for you. Yes, it's just Jana Davis one. Um, my Instagram is Homes for Her and same with my Facebook page. So lots of... Um, entertainment but also education through there as well and then you can also keep up to date with what podcasts will be coming out because i'll be doing one every two weeks so if you would like to collab with me for a podcast or um ask me any questions please send me a message through any of those avenues or my email is also on my instagram and facebook so let's get back to site works um the big question is what the heck are they so the reason why the builder has to take care of the site works and it is an additional cost in your home is because the land agents will get the land ready um, I shouldn't call that land agents the land estate will get the land ready to a certain point so they've made sure it's flat it's got a class soil if it needs retaining it's got retaining um, they've usually connected up um, some like the power and everything to as far as they can but to be honest guys they don't know what house you're going to be building on there they don't know the position where you need to put things um, so it's just very generic what they're able to do to a certain point so they do try and do as much as they can but it really comes down to what type of house that you'd be building where you're positioning it and then the builder has to take on from there so um, what the site works are is like um, getting your the sand ready to build your house in a nutshell that's what they are so depending on the size of the house two-story if it's smaller anything like that the design of the house are you going double brick are you going stud walls everything like that will determine your site works that is what they are I'll go into more detail um, what they include later on things to look out for I don't really want to get on a tangent with this but um, pet hate so the ABN group does fixed site works um, there are builders out there that would do provisional some site works so this means that they can come back to you if they haven't done their research and ask for more money so the reason why ABN does fixed site works um, is because we do a lot of work um, throughout WA um, I should say Perth um, so we're able to determine how much uh, the site works will be before you even get in there I literally have a book and it comes down with a drop-down list of all areas if we do not know how much the site works will be there I have to look it up and get back to you and then it'll say fix site works if I do not do my research properly and there is something that has just appeared because we do fixed contracts as well so when you sign your contracts there is no reason that we are, will be coming back to you to say look we didn't do our research and this has happened so that is a big bonus of going with fixed site works and make sure you read all the fine print within um, fixed site works as well because some builders will say fixed site works and then like have a little clause to get out of it as well so a provisional sum means that they can come back so if you are dealing with a few builders and you are crunching numbers and you're just trying to get the best price 
look for provisional sums because honestly, guys, that's where they're going to hit you and you will be paying for it somewhere else. So a provisional sum means that it's like, obviously it's not fixed. They can come back to you. So provisional sums can be in the site works. Um, if you are having a price off between a few builders and one's got provisional sums, they put in, it's going to be eight grand to do your site works and the other one's got fixed site works and it's 15 grand. You can probably guarantee that the one that has provisional sums is going to come back to you at a later date for extra money. So if you are at max borrowing capacity, it will be coming out of your pocket. If you do not have the money for it, it's done. Like you're either going to have to borrow that money, you're either in too deep by then or you will be mustering up the money somewhere or your um everything will be cancelled because you can't go ahead. So just think about that guys. Like um make sure you're just going with your gut, trusting someone because provisional sums can really ruin people as well. If someone's got like a pre-start allowance, they've got a five grand pre-start allowance and it has to go on their site works just to get their house um, to site. It's not really a good experience, uh, especially that's what I think for first home buyers or even second or third. Um, I definitely know that that is something that has come up a lot um, with people complaining about their um, experience with building. So costs, um, roughly with a class soil, you should be looking around the 12 to 15 grand, depending each builder is different because they have different prices. Um, and then so on and so on. So if you are going up towards the hills where it's a little bit more rocky, you will be looking like this can really jump. So you can be looking around like 70 grand for your sideways, even more um, up around the hills. If you're heading towards the beach, um, that's why a lot of first home buyers tend to head towards the beach or um, along that hill line. So between like Brabham, Avery, Bullsbrook, and then you've got like Hilbert, Haynes and Byford. Usually Byford's pretty good through there. Um, there are some uh, suburbs that you do need to watch out for. Um, ooh, excuse me. Um, so just do your research, make sure you're checking out potential blocks um, on the price list, it should say, um, A-class soil. So what SiteWorks includes? Uh, the magic question. So footings. Footing is, I hope I get this right, guys, because I have to be a jack of all trades. So I know a little bit about a lot, not a lot about a little. So <laughs> footings is how deep, God, I hope I get this right, and Pete from the our construction manager will probably be laughing if I don't get this right. Um, footings, <laughs> uh, how deep your slab needs to go on the edges. And then you've got your slab is like the main part. So you'll find um, the edge of your slab is so much thicker than the actual, um, the rest of your slab where the main part of it goes. I don't even know how to explain that. Um, also, we've got soak wells. So soak wells are big concrete soak walls. Well, that's the soak walls that we use. Um, I know some builders have been known to use the plastic ones that you get from Bunnings, which lead to problems down the track where they actually, the house, the weight of the house actually crushes the plastic soak walls and then their house starts to sink. Oh my God. Just make sure you're getting good soak walls. So the soak walls help with the drainage of the water and it helps so your house doesn't flood later on. 
Um, small houses really do need them because the amount of, um, if you're in an estate, you could imagine that when it's pouring down with rain and um, there was natural drainage and everything like that before, now we've all got estates and roads and everything like that. So we just need proper drainage. Otherwise, you're going to end up with problems with your house later on. Um, another one is called the BAL. So this is a bushfire attack level. So this is really common if you're going to be building near a park, um, say towards sort of like Bullsbrook, Byfords, um, really natural um, bushland, I would guess. Yeah, natural bushland. Um, so that is an extra cost that we actually have to put into your house. And this is how I explain it as well. It's probably not the greatest. This is an extra cost that we have to put into your house. So your house burns down slowly because <laughs> trust me, if it's going to burn down, it's going to burn down. But a bushfire attack level just means that, that they have assessed where you're going to build and there is a little bit of a risk. So you can have BAL low, 12 and a half, 19, and then there's like goes up from there onwards. So obviously if it's low, you don't need to worry about anything. 12 and a half, you have to add a few grand in, 19 just keeps going up and up. So depending on what your BAL rating is will depend on what we actually have to need to do to your house to get it to a certain point for Shire to approve it. Um, so that's another thing. There's also noise attenuation, which is very similar. So say if you were going to build near the airport, um, if you're building near major roads, I can't really think of anywhere else where you would need noise attenuation. Um, that is an, another thing. Depending on where you want to build the block, um, you, will, you might need to have noise attenuation in there as well. Um, another one is like obviously the earthworks to get um, the drainage and everything sorted out um, to make sure it's all compliant. And then we've got your crossover. So this is the little magic thing in between um, that some builders will leave out because it does save money as well. Um, if you have a really tight budget, you, it is something that you can do after. So um, just depending on what your situation is. So the crossover is is. So you've got your block and then there's a little bit of council land. So it's in between. It's like that little magic no man's land. So you've got your driveway. Um, we will legally have to do your driveway. So that's automatically costed into the price of your house. The crossover is no man's land. So technically we do not have to do that, but I have a soul. So unless your budget is tight or you know someone that can do it, I will put in the crossover. But trust me, if your budget's tight, it's the first thing that I'm going to be pulling and I'll be recommending a friend to do it. Or not a friend, but like someone will find someone um, to organise that for you to save some moolah for the important things like getting you an actual house. Um, but just make sure you do it because I have seen some people not do their crossover and then it just looks tacky and they just leave it for six months. It is actually a requirement when you sign your up for your land that they say that your um, crossover has to be um, done before you move into your house. So please make sure you do that. So um, another thing is a lot of first home buyers ask me, um, they really want to live close to the city. That's awesome. Kudos to you guys. If your budget is at least 550 over, 
um, a lot of uh, first home buyers will be like, yeah, so we saw this house, we're going to knock it down and then we're going to build our house or subdivide it. We've seen this house, or like this block of land is at the back of a house. Um, we're going to build our house. And I'm like, okay, so what's your budget? And it's like, they've got 200 grand for just the house. And I'm like, cool. So your site works will just be off the top of my head, 30 grand. Um, and then they're like, whoa, why? Why are my site works 30 grand if I'm going to be closer to the city? So what happens is with these houses that have been knocked down and subdivided into two or three, yes, they do look like you're getting them for a good price. But trust me, guys, there is so much more work involved with those houses. So before I was talking about the land estate, getting as much of um, the block done as they can, these houses or these blocks do not have anything done to them usually. So usually what the person has done is just knocked down the house and they've said, look, this is going to be location one or block one, two and three. So you choose whichever box. Sometimes um, if you can imagine if you're block three and you've got that huge driveway down the middle, who will be paying for that driveway? So you need to have that um, conversation. Is that going to be subdivided between three? What color is it going to be? Or is that the owner going to take care of that? You just need to make sure you know what's going on there. Also, um, access is the biggest thing. So home buyers will not actually build a house with, um, if there's a two blocks or a one block, if it's, we will only build if it's street frontage. So what happens is when you've got a house at the back and well, a building a house at the back, um, the access of it can be get so tricky, um, especially if there is already a house there. Um, we don't want to damage anything. We could potentially damage um, footpath, which is an extra cost to you guys, um, especially the council footpath and all that sort of stuff. So there's a, it is very tricky when it, you are dealing with a, uh, what we call a battle axe block or an infill block. Um, also, they won't usually have power. Um, you'll probably have to flatten them out. You might have to do retaining as well if you've got old fencing around there because otherwise the fencing can start caving in once we start doing earthworks. There's just so much. So unless you've got like a 50 grand deposit and you've got a good borrowing capacity, um, that's when I would say, yep, have a look at it. Also, you like when you go into a new estate, you actually get um, your fencing and landscaping provided, front landscaping. It'll just be you need to take care of your back landscaping. With the blocks that are closer to the city or a house being knocked down, you will have to pay for your own fencing and you'll have to do your own landscaping as well, which can be um, an extra 10 grand depending on what you want to do with your landscaping. So just remember that guys, like when you're going into a brand new estate, they want that estate to look nice and presentable. So they will take care of the fencing and landscaping. So everything is the same. If you're going into um, privately owned blocks, could be a shambles. Um, you might want something different to the front block or the front block's already done. So you're going to have something different because that's your style. A lot of things that just, I would only recommend it for like maybe your second or third house or if you're sort of in the industry, you know someone that's done it before. So obviously there is a few things to take into account when you are 
doing your research about where you want to live. Um, I know a lot of people would love to live close to the city, but you're not going to get, or you're not going to be able to build anywhere close to the city for 300 or 350 grand. Um, to be honest, guys, you're probably looking, I think the closest place at the moment home buyers can get you into is Bennett Springs for 310 and they'll probably be gone by the end of this month. So just be aware if you do have a tight budget, you're, you're going to have to move out because 300 grand for house and land and site works close to the city is just not realistic. And you like, and you don't know until you inquire with someone as well. So just ask me a few questions. Say, um, if you don't even know how much your budget is, just ask me, I can punch in some numbers and get a rough eye figure. Um, but yeah, don't tackle the big stuff until you've sort of done something a little, you've got a bit of savings behind you. Um, it's more of a dream home, I would say. So you're willing to work on it for a little bit longer, whereas your first home buyers want to get in. Um, they don't have a lot of time. They're usually traveling, enjoying living their best life. Um, and they don't have a lot of spare cash either because they're spending on living their best life. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, so I hope that covered and I hope that covered everything, but I also hope that didn't draw it out too long. If you guys have any more questions or if I think I could probably do a part two, I definitely will. Um, but yeah, that just is site costs in a component and there is a lot more to it, but I really don't want to go into it too much because I don't want to blow your brains out with boredom. So yes, I hope you guys enjoyed. I will be back in two weeks with another one. Please let me know if you if there's something that you would like to hear about or potentially if you want to do a collab with me, let me know. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. Um, yeah, I will actually talk to you guys later, whoever's listening to this, because you're going to ask me to build a house for you. Okay, goodbye.